0: All right everybody welcome back to another episode of slaying the Sale. we are rocking and rolling with these guest interviews i've got a really good one today that i'm really excited for um i am just gonna let monica introduce herself i'm glad i clarified her last name even though i've known her for a little bit so without any further ado monica walker fort yes introduce yourself
1: so hi everybody uh good morning i am uh, Monica Fort. I uh, live here in uh, Lancaster, Pennsylvania. I've been in the travel industry for 34 years. And uh, we're directly contracted with Disney as well as Royal Beaches, Sandals, Atlantis and all. I own my own agency. I have about 31 specialists within my agency. Um, we we get this question a lot, you know, travel agents don't exist. Well, yes, we do. We just, we never went away. The internet age changed us. So, uh, we're still here, and I uh, thank you, Kyle, for bringing me on and and having a good morning with you, so yeah. thank you. What What better
0: way to start the day? Exactly. Uh, so, I mean, you you gave me an opening for a, a good question right out of the gate, so why do you feel like how, before I, I ask how you think COVID changed the travel industry, because I know you've got thoughts on that. Oh, yeah. Um, why do you think people think the travel industries or travel agents went away?
1: Um, A big part of that was, you know, back in the 70s and 80s and even early 90s before the internet age really took effect. um, The thing you did was you go to AAA, walk into their office, or you went into Cobbs locally here, or you went into some brick and mortar agency because the needs of travel were different back then. You didn't have social media and you didn't have the phones um, <clears throat> basically when you walked into our office and I used to work for AAA years ago, co-managed them three offices here in Lancaster, basically, uh, <clears throat> when the internet age came, that's what everybody did. And the first thing that really came about the internet age was Expedia price on hot wire and book it. That was before Zillow. And Loan Depot and Quicken Loans and mm-hmm. all these other apps that are out there now that people like to utilize. But what they find when they utilize them is that you don't have that personalized service. You don't have somebody on the back end who's going to take time to put that magical trip together like I do for all of my clients. They I get this on them. You walk into Costco, you walk into a big box store, even Boss they're not going to have this. They're not going to have what you need and they might have the, the travel packages and all, but when it comes down to where we all are right now in our lives, we're busy. We Mm -hmm. got kids in, in sports. We've got kids in cheerleading and you know, the whole gamut. Plus you're trying to provide a livelihood for your family. The last thing you want to do at the end of the day is work and work on the vacation that you're trying to put together. And so we've always been here. Um, I think after, and we'll we'll lead right into this, I think with COVID, <laughs> because I know you have questions about this too. With COVID, COVID brought back, I think, the need for the travel agents because we always were here. And when people utilized Expedia, Priceline, Hotwire, Bookit actually went bankrupt through COVID. Because they could not keep up with the clientele that utilized them, who booked their trips, and then when you try to call to get, hey, you can't go to Disney, you can't go on the cruise ship, where's our money? Uh, you were out. They didn't. They didn't return the 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 clients' uh, uh, refunds back fast enough. In fact, they didn't even know what to do because they never had to do it before. They might have had maybe one or two cancellations here and there, and that was easy. But when you had thousands that utilized your service with those online agencies, nobody was calling back. Nobody was doing anything. And a lot of those families didn't even have travel insurance to protect the money that they had. So now they were like, what what happens here? Expedia, Priceline, and Hotwire, actually Forbes magazine did an article And my husband was at work and one of the guys knows what I do. And he said, your wife needs to read this. And it was about Forbes and doing the thing about Expedia Press and Hotwire and how they did not take care of their clients. So immediately I shared that article right on my Facebook and all my social media pages. And I preached that to the choir. I know, Kyle, when we meet, you know, when we go to the networking events and stuff, basically people can. at at that time, they were like, we can recite Monica's speech because she's been talking about this. She's not a a faceless brand like Expedia Priceline Hotwire Booker. You know, I'm here in the community and people know me and I still have clients from my early AAA days. That's like 32 years ago who still utilize me. So, yeah. (laughs) So would you
0: say that, and I think you would, um, I mean, COVID was kind of a blessing in disguise for you.
1: I loved it. <laughs> to be honest, I'm gonna tell oh, you that's
0: awesome. I'm so glad I finally have a guest that just flat out says I loved it.
1: I loved it. You know what? We were stellar like all the other travel agency owners that I know that you know in my area here in Lancaster, there's about there was 13 of us. There's now maybe three. Okay, just three of us. When COVID came, I loved degressing to the point that I got to spend more time with my family. I got to to look at my clients and and talk to them, and basically, I went from being the travel agent that booked everything for them to now being a like travel therapist. Ooh. Because yeah, because they never experienced anything like this unless they're their grandparents, and I'm talking about the adults now that have families. These kids, uh, young adults. Their parents would have experienced this 20 some years ago when 9 11 had hit. And when 9 11 hit and travel stopped at a brink, like, I mean, flights were grounded, Mm -hmm. 6,700 flights were stopped that day. I was in AAA in the Lidditz office fielding calls left and right about what was going on then. And a lot of your airline companies went bankrupt Eastern, TWA, these were old you know, air carriers that now you don't even see, they're not, they don't exist. Um, and what we have now was because of what existed after, co- uh, after 9-11 with the airline companies. But back to COVID, I, uh, I shortened my hours. I work from uh, Monday through Friday, or actually Monday through Thursday from 11 to 5. Um, if my clientele works during those hours and they couldn't Talked to me at that time because of work. I kept like five to seven uh, for them. Friday, Saturday, and Sunday were my family times. And I loved it. So I miss it. I actually miss it. I got to the point where I kept my hours the way they were after after COVID. Everybody went back to being busy, 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 busy. And I was like, you know what? I love this. I'm going to keep it and i'm not going to burn myself and be that rat on the wheel that's got to burn 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 the candle at both ends i was like you know what i'm going to be 53 i don't need to do it you know and and i actually i have more business now because of it than actually before and i had and i thought we had tons of business but my clients love it and you know See, So you
0: you experienced the benefit of Pretty much all both both sides of COVID, both the personal and professional. Mm-hmm. And we're in this time now where, like you said, everybody's kind of starting to go back. Offices are pushing for more in-person stuff. Um, but virtual is never going away, remote work's never going away now. And you got to experience the boom because people just I mean, they crave that personal touch during COVID. I mean, it was uh it was it was awful.
1: I, I to me, I thought it was it was awesome because we utilize Zoom before mm-hmm. Zoom even existed. With <laughs> yeah, because I have clients all over the United States, my furthest clients in Dutch Harbor, Alaska. So wow. there's no, way we're gonna meet halfway <laughs> at a local Panera, you know. I have multi-generational families that live in other different states. And so we utilize Zoom before Zoom was a thing. That's and crazy. I work from home. I, I have my office off my house. Um but I've worked from home. I've worked, you know, the personal side of, of my story mm-hmm. um, where I have with my youngest son who had medical issues. I had to work bedside in a hospital for yeah. him, you know? So um, I, I booked travel for doctors and nurses that needed to go here, or there, even if it was just minimal flight. So for me, um, the only thing that I did miss was like you said, the in-person you know, yeah. we do a lot of the networking and I did. That's the one thing that I did miss was the in-person networking. But I actually started a own networking group of ladies um, that now is expanded up to 500 and some on just Facebook. And we do virtual, you know, because they live in different states too. So, you know, you just, I, I did not like the word pivot. If anything, we expanded, you know? What I was able to do in COVID was look at my travel suppliers that I'm directly contracted with and look at, see what what travel suppliers were operational, because there were some uh, during COVID. Amtrak was still operational. Mm -hmm. Uh, We had American Cruise Lines, which is a river cruise in all of our American rivers. They were still operational. So I was able to get supplied with them, do my contracts with them, bring them on learn about them with my specialist because we had the time to do it. And our business actually boomed with that side of it, you know, because we provided this out for them that they couldn't get anywhere else. The local media and the national media were not our friends at that time. They didn't want anybody traveling. So I birthed a podcast out of it called Magical Tomorrow's Podcast to bring the education of how travel was coming through as it started going through with the CDC, the TSA, as things were starting to slowly reopen up. And my clients loved it. They they were I was in touch with them. They were in touch with me. And I think that was key during that time to, you know, let your clients, whatever industry you're in at that time, let them know that you're still there and that you exist, you know um it it's it's not funny but it's it's kind of ironic that when the travel agents people thought didn't exist now other industries were like where are they what 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 are they non-existent you know how are we going to get in touch if we need a loan for a home or we need a a mortgage or you know god knows what but it was the people i think like you and i who had the mindset to be out there and still continue that way we live because that's, yeah. that's embedded in us. You know, we love people. And I actually had a client say to me, he goes, Monica, if I had to sum you up, you're in the business of travel. Yeah. But you love people and you love to get to them and see what their needs are and how you can help them, not just in travel, but in other ways, because of the experiences you lived in life. So.
0: I I think that's a great way to describe you. And, yeah. I, and I think that's a perfect transition into what you're you're most well known for is the disney stuff mm-hmm. um so I'll, I'll start with that because i really i really want to take a deep dive on the disney stuff yeah um one why disney
1: well i was when i was younger <laughs> in my younger days i feel like i'm so like 80 some years old and crotchety but <laughs> um <laughs> but um When I was really, I'd say probably about nine or 10, I wanted to be an animator. I I have a natural talent for art and uh, I I have not utilized it enough, but if you give me a pencil and a paper sometime at a networking event, I could draw you a Mickey Mouse like that instantly without even seeing his picture. And uh, my dad, I'm one of six daughters. And so my dad was like-
0: Bless your father. (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah
0: I've got two of them I'm going nuts
1: he's he's blessed in heaven God bless him but um uh, long story short he said to me he goes Monica you're going to be a starving artist you got to have a backup plan and that was like I was about nine or ten you know so um as as I evolved and grew up um, I worked for my father briefly a- in his office and it was all about heavy duty tractors and trailers so I was his office manager um, that's where I met my husband. Uh, I I was a notary there. I did tons of stuff. I mean, all office stuff you could think of. But I learned valuable lessons of running a business from him. But as I as he passed away, and I did not, I could not be there after he passed. His loss was very great. And uh, AAA had contacted me because my dad was part of the Department of Transportation. As he was starting to retire out of the business that he did, um, because he was for the heavy duty tractors and trailers and the independent contractors that drive truck. So in the state of Pennsylvania, with the excise taxes and fuel taxes, he sat on the department board of transportation and there was times I had to go up there take notes and stuff. And the joke was the running joke with the people that we knew up there was these AAA agents that were up there would go, Hey, you know what? If you ever want to leave your father and you want to come work for us, we'd love to have you. Well, after he passed, it was probably about three months after he passed, um, a AAA CEO that was in the local area here contacted me and said, Hey, Monica, I would really love if you're considering coming back into the workforce." Um, I know it's bad, you know, that the loss of your father, but uh, we could really utilize you in our emergency department service, and the roadside service of it. And so as that evolved, AAA and Disney were big partners. A lot of people don't know that, but they were huge partners, even back in the early 40s before Walt uh, himself built Disneyland. He did the cartoons for AAA to get people to drive you know, because back then that's what they, you you had the TV, you saw commercials. And if you look at the old commercials back then that worked like cartoonish, Walt Disney productions did those. And so I had no idea. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of history there. So long story short, when I worked for AAA, they were partnered with Disney big time, like huge. And so as I evolved in that company from Overhauling their emergency roadside service department, I got into mentoring and training 435 employees of AAA. That's just not our three offices that were here at the time with Lidditz, Prince Street, and uh, Estelle Drive, but this was also uh, the Northeast part of the states. So we had Delaware, I'd go to New Jersey, I'd go to upstate New York's offices and train them and mentor them. And basically, with Disney, we got to see a lot of things start, like DVC, Disney Vacation Club. What That was the birth of that. Um, Adventures by Disney, which a lot of people don't know, but it's all global. Um, and the Disney Institute and the Disney College Program. So I was part of that. And that's how I, I really had my love with Disney. And they would send me to Walt Disney World and Disneyland, and then when the birth of the cruise ships came, that was twenty five years ago. This year, um, they sent me on the first ships to do the ship tours and moderate those. So, um, when when my clients contact me, and it's very seldom that they have a problem on their vacations, very seldom, I don't call the one eight hundred number, or the four zero seven number. I have big top execs in my phone. All I gotta do is just call them, and they're like, "What's going on, Monica?" Well, this is happening boom it's it's done, you know so yeah, but that's that's kind of the history there and you know we we sell, oh my gosh I mean right now our sales right now for for Disney this year and their fiscal year ends September thirtieth, but our sales from October first of last year, which is that's when it starts to this year we're we're hovering around right, right around eight hundred thousand dollars in sales yeah. That's that's kinda of, you're
0: doing great at like just sliding these transitions like perfectly for me. So I appreciate it. Yeah. Um on that note, I mean that's that's a fantastic number. Congratulations. Um thank you. Disney, I, I've been to Disney many, many, many times. I was very fortunate growing up. My family, um I think every year, every other year we'd be in Disney. So I was there for the first year of the Tower of Terror, now the Guardians of the Galaxy. I was there when the no longer rock and roller coaster was uh, mm-hmm. was built. as one of my favorite coasters of all time. I, I've got so many great memories at Disney. Um, but for those families out there that will say are struggling or thinking they're not at Disney level finances right now, because let's face it, Disney has become very, 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 very pricey. Yeah. Worth yeah. every penny. I will absolutely say yeah. that Disney That's is. If if anybody has an opportunity to go to Disney.
1: Yeah. Go to Disney,
0: whether it's Perfect. Disneyland, Disney World, and yep. Mike is the one that can make that happen. So reach out to her. Mm-hmm. Um, what are some or or even just one piece of advice for somebody who thinks that Disney's yeah. out of their reach?
1: I get that all the time when I do vendor shows. Like like tomorrow, I'm gonna be at the Northern Lancaster Chamber of Commerce. They have their business expo. Mm-hmm. So I have a table set up. Back in March, I was at the Universal Athletic Club's open house very well attended than the previous years because we were just coming out of COVID. People still had apprehensions. But to your question, and I get that all the time at my table, oh, Monica, it's so expensive. How can I do this? Dizzy actually makes it to the point that it can be affordable, which a lot of people don't realize. You hear about the Genie Plus and how much that's costing and you know bus transportation here and there. Mm-hmm. But if you actually... Uh, what I tell my clients is, look, I need to know what date you want to go. And I kind of craft it to, because I've been there just like you. I've been there 80 times in 14 years. You know, I'm I, be- I have
0: not been there 80 times in 14 years for our <laughs> listeners. No way is Monica just like me. No way.
1: But, but I've, I've been, I'll be, I'll be shipped out. They're sending me, uh, at, you know, come uh, May, May 8th through the 11th, I'll be down there again. But What I tell my clients is all you need to do is put a $200 deposit on a Walt Disney World or Disneyland vacation, $200 deposit, and then travel insurance. Travel insurance is key. And right now it's a must. And I don't even have to sell travel insurance because everybody comes to me and says, Monica, we want the travel insurance. That's kind of a clue to me that they did something before they contacted me and travel, such as using Expedia, Pressline, Hotwire, or Bookit and got screwed so now they want the travel insurance and the travel insurance with dizzy is like 95 dollars per adult and the children from ages infant to 17 is free so wow. it's very minimal and it covers a lot but um so you get that first you know you get that booked and and posted it down that's like that's like staking your claim for the gold mine that's what i call it. it's like the gold rush you know you stake your claim put that money down and then over time You have up until 30 days before you arrive to pay that balance off in full. So you get to make your own payment plan. You know, it's it's not where you're going to pay this all one lump sum. And I tell my clients, don't do that because, because I'm directly contracted with Disney. I get to see all the offers that come out. And I'm not one of those agencies that says, okay, we have this booked and now we don't talk to you again. You know, we don't don't talk to you again. Um, And if an offer comes out to them nine times out of 10, they're not going to put it on there because they want that commission. I'm not about the money. I'm about having that family have that magical time, whether it's their first time or their thousandth time, you know, I'm there to be, Hey, this is what's going on. This is what's new. You need to see this. Here's this hotel. That's brand new. You want to go visit. Um, I put all that together for them. And, you know, like I said, they make their payment plan, you know, but when an offer comes out and if it's in that travel window that they're going, I'm going to put that offer on them and save them money. So, you know, before, before COVID came along, we had the free dinings, you know, and we had all that. Heck, free dining for some families. If you had a family of five, that was like 1250 bucks. Yeah. I saved them, you know? Even for a couple, if it was just a honeymoon couple, you know, they don't eat a lot. But even so, if I save them 500 bucks, $500 is a lot of money. And today in the economy that we're all in, hey, if I could even save you 20 bucks, that's a lot. So, you know, that's what, that's what I do. And I just don't do that with Dizzy. I do that with the other travel suppliers that we have, whether that's Royal, Sandals, you name it, you know. That's awesome. We're there to save money, you know. We maximize their time because we've done the research, um, like I said, 80 times in 12 years, you know, I've been there, done it. I've, I'm a DVC member of 30 some years. So we've stayed in every resort, you know, so I know I, you just put a blindfold on me, swirl me around and I can tell you exactly where we are there. But, you know, I, I bring that to them, save them money. And then we ensure they get the most out of that vacation because we've been there umpteen times. And we, we're in travel news all the time with Disney. So that's what I
0: think a lot of people don't realize is, is just how big the Disney family of properties is down there, at least in Disney World. Mm-hmm. Um I, I mean we've stayed. I'm just trying to think of all the places we've stayed there. We've we've had timeshares down there. I see we have my family. Mm-hmm. Um, Grand Floridian, we've stayed the at one point my my dad's side of the family we went down to the the Wild West resort.
1: Oh Fort Wilderness.
0: Yeah, Fort Wilderness. We we took the camper down and stayed at Fort Wilderness. Um, I never never the Animal Kingdom. I wanted I want to do the uh, Animal Kingdom sometime. Beautiful. Beautiful, I, beautiful. I'm gonna ask you the one question to see just how good you are. Mm-hmm. See if see if you can <laughs> be, be the one that finally says, Yes, Kyle, I can do this. Uh-huh. Club thirty-three. Yes, now, you know any Club 33 members?
1: I do and my father was one. Really? He was. So, I'll tell you this story a little bit.
0: Please. So,
1: Club 33 originated in in Disneyland and it was based on Walt. And uh so that's where it started. And it's in the over by the Blue Bayou restaurant. It's hidden back there if you go to Disneyland. It's in the New Orleans Square area. Where the Haunted Mansion is and stuff, and but the story with my father was before he started his own business, he was an independent contractor as a truck driver, twenty some year old. You know, I this was before I was born, but he was uh, one of the the contractors who drove uh, from here. He went to a foundry in Danville, Pennsylvania, where all the cast iron light poles, mailboxes anything that was cast iron benches in the parks whatever railings you name it Mm -hmm. and they had to haul it because that's where it came from oh wow he had no idea he had no idea nobody told them they just said you're going to anaheim and this is where you have to go nobody knew it was disneyland at that time because they didn't even have the name this was like back in 53 54 so disneyland itself opened july in you know 1955 so this was two years before well when you're a uh, and it's still like this if you're if you're part of the magic where you're creating or helping bring the magic together whether it's the creation of a park or a ride or attraction you are now considered a lifetime cast member okay so he got a lifetime pass <laughs> for his family never used it because my father was from that era where fathers worked You don't take vacations, you know, if you did take a vacation, you went to Bushkill Falls in the Poconos for the weekend or you went to the Jersey Shore and it didn't cost you thousands of dollars like it does now. But, um, you know, and with six daughters and a wife, he didn't have time to take vacation. He was working, you know, but he never did. So now 1970 comes and now the creation of Walt Disney World comes to be in 1971 never used it. And so he he does it again. He takes all this stuff down from the foundry down there to get it all fixed up. I was working for him back in 1989, 90. And I I was fielding the calls. I get a call and this was Disney Corporation. And I thought this was a scam. I thought, what the heck is this? And they're like, hey, we need to talk to Rance Walker. Is he here? And I said, yeah, my dad's in the shop. Let me get him. Get some and they gave him because he never used the lifetime pass and never went down there. <laughs> they gave him, this was when uh DVC dizzy vacation club was now starting to come on the scene. They gave him seven uh, old key West vacation clubs. They gave it to him. Wow. Yeah. So we, you know, that's where we utilize our Disney vacation club. That's why we're down there all the time. But, um, but, yeah, he was part of the magic. and And then my aunt said, "Hey, you know, with the now the girls are getting the DVC, maybe you ought to think about the club thirty three. He bought it, but never went.
0: oh, oh, that's heartbreaking.
1: It is heartbreaking. So we did. We would go. So yeah, we have we have great friends in California that uh, go all the time. And um, I was supposed to go back in December of last year, right before Christmas. But I wound up having MS, and I I just I couldn't do it, couldn't go. So,
0: but. So for our for our listeners out there that may not be as Disney slash Freemason savvy uh, <laughs> as you and I, uh, Club Thirty Three is widely regarded as the most exclusive, prestigious part of Disney. Um, yes. and there's two Club Thirty Threes. There's one in Disneyland, one in Disney World. Correct me mm-hmm. if I'm wrong. There's probably more out there
1: um you're you're only you're right there's only two because the other parks out in in paris and tokyo and shanghai and hong kong they don't have club 33 or nothing like it so okay i i I wasn't wasn't
0: completely sure there you're Um, right right. so walt disney was a very very highly respected freemason he was a 33rd degree mason which is the coveted degree that we all some of us chase um i thought i was going to chase it so far i'm just i mean i've been a mason for over 10 years now But Club Thirty Three is highly, highly exclusive. Absolutely. I think the last, the last time I heard, I think the, I don't know how long the waiting list is, but it was like a twenty-five thousand dollar investment, and that's that's year after year, I believe.
1: Yes, it is. Mm -hmm.
0: So I've seen pictures of Club Thirty Three. I've heard Club Thirty Three stories. And it's just supposed to be the creme de la creme. So the fact that Monica, you've you've experienced it is amazing.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah. It's it's when you go in there, you just feel it, you know, you just feel this this uh the aura is just yeah, it's just you gotta you gotta keep pinching yourself because you can't believe you're there, you know. And the food is just if you oh, think okay. well, Disney World food or Disneyland's amazing, because it is. Take that another 10 times notch. It's just, oh,
0: oh man, oh, my someday, God. someday yeah. I'll get there. You will. <laughs> um. So let's, let's transition. Cause you, you brought up and I, I almost want to find out mm-hmm. a little earlier ago, Monica, you mentioned how important it is to make families, memories, and dreams come true. And, and that's a really big part of what you do. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's time we transition into your son that had the medical issues, because I'm wondering just how much of that plays a part into your, it, it,
1: it, it it encompasses my entire realm because uh, a lot of those trips that we took were with him there. So, you know um, my youngest son, Tony passed away five years ago, as, as Kyle knows. And, and some of the viewers out here probably both know, you know, you know, both of us. So you've, you've seen it and we've touched on it, but he was 12 years old. He had received a four organ solid transplant in 2016. And he was on the transplant list prior to that for six years, five years on the list in Pittsburgh, and then one year in Miami. And then when we transferred to the Miami transplant Institute, um, those five years of wait time that he had with Pittsburgh transferred to that. So it, it really prompted him high on the list. Um, he was born uh, in 2005, actually on Father's Day. So it's very, very heartwarming for my husband um, and and my grand and his grandfathers who are no longer here. They had passed way before the kids had come along. Um, but it, it's just really You know, he was born on that day. So very special. But six days later, we knew that something was wrong. And he had to be up at the Penn State Children's Hospital. He just couldn't stool and uh, couldn't pass stool and was born at Women's and Babies. And And the red flags you would have thought would have been there. Like, you know, even when you have a surgery or I have a surgery, you know, before they release you, you've got to do five things. And if you don't, then you're not going home. Well, he was born by cesarean and uh, we then had, had no complications at what, what we thought. Um, but he looked like a normal, healthy eight pound baby boy and he just couldn't stool. So for the first 24 hours after he was born, never passed the meconium, nothing. But he kept, when I would feed him, he would keep, you know, projectile vomiting. So there was two red flags there that were totally missed. And luckily for us, Um, and and this is how God works. One of our friends, who's like a second mom to me, both of her daughters are in the medical field. Both happen to be home the same time, which is very unusual for anybody who's a doctor. You just don't have that happen. And immediately when we got them on the phone, they were actually yelling at the doctors when he was at the Lancaster General Hospital to get him to a pediatric surgeon because the general surgeon wanted to work on him. And we were like, no, 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 no. He's gotta be up at a a pediatric hospital. Mm -hmm. Luckily for us in Pennsylvania, and we're very lucky to have it and fortunate, um, and hopefully you never have to utilize it. But if you do, we have three great outstanding children's hospitals. We've got Pittsburgh on the West Coast, Philly on the East Coast, and in the middle, we have the Penn State Children's Hospital. And my son has been to all three. And uh, we've had, in 12 years of his life, so just not to jump ahead, but he had to have his entire colon removed at six days old in a five-hour surgery at the Penn State Children's Hospital. And uh, that long wait of time, I actually had to put my travel business on hold. I, I was just like, he was priority. We have to see how we're gonna bring him through this. And at the same time, I had, two other sons. I had a four-year-old and two-year-old. And so our whole life was like upheavaled from the moment he was diagnosed, which was with total colonic Hirschsprung's disease, which basically we all have ganglion cells from our tongue right out to where we expel waste. Well, when you don't have those cells working, it stops the peristalsis and that's where it just stops. And so they had to remove his entire colon. So he had an ostomy bag. He had IV nutrition. He could not eat full meals, even though he could swallow. And with us being Italian and we love to eat, what what disease could we not have? But we had that one, you know. And uh, so over the course of his life, as he developed and grew, um, and as he got older, um, he still had to be required with IV nutrition, which I took care of. My husband and I were like his medical team. Um, And that's what happens when you have a child who's critically ill, depending on the severity of what that illness is. But they teach you how to, if the the child needs to be trached or vented or, you know, G-tube fed, they teach the parents how to do it. And so I was doing his artificial nutrition with central line venous access care while my husband was doing his ostomy care. And whenever he had to be hospitalized, it was a lengthy admission. It wasn't something overnight. We would be in there months after months in there and teams of doctors and tests and stuff. And how we endured it, we look back on it and how we endured it, you know, God was there with us. But how Dizzy came into pay was, uh, he had a -A Make-A-Wish trip in 2009 and he wanted to go to Walt Disney World. He was four years old. And that's what really gave us the self-confidence to say, hey, you know, we can do this. You know, we can take him to Walt Disney World a thousand miles away. Great team of doctors in the Orlando Children's Hospital, which is Arnold Palmer's hospital there, which he had to go to, too. And uh, he just had a beautiful trip. So because we had DVC, we wound up getting annual passes. And that's what we did. So when the boys wanted to go to Disney, what better place than to forget the medical for a little bit of that life, but go to Disney World? I had to homeschool the kids. Uh, once he became listed for transplant in 2009. And uh, it was the best thing we had to do. I look at parents right now and the way I I don't want to get into anything political, but (laughs) just the way the spectrum of schooling is right now. I am so blessed that we were able to do homeschool and my kids are doing wonderful. You know, they're, they're doing great. I have a 22 year old, 20, Tony would have been 18 this summer, so it's gonna be hard for us because he would have graduated high school. And uh, we have a dear friend who's also medical. um, And he says, I'm gonna take him on the graduation path with me. So, you know, it's gonna be really nice. But like you said earlier, Dizzy played a big role in in just how my son developed um, and bringing that magic to families. I do a lot with Make-A-Wish families. Um, The local Make-A-Wish office contacts me um, when they need a family to go to Disney because they're not Disney vacation planners. They just put the trip together and I put that whole trip together. I have a team of people down there that I can call to make things happen. And uh, just this past August, we had a little Make-A-Wish girl twice diagnosed with pediatric cancer. God bless her. She's doing wonderful now. Only five years old but she's just a total blessing and she's out of New Jersey. So, you know, but that's where my love of doing these trips for families comes from, because now that Tony has passed and we're five years out from the time that he passed, and, and we went through COVID, you know, COVID changed a lot of families' lives. Um, A lot of my multi-generational families prior to COVID wanted to go and now Maybe the grandfather, or the grandmother are no longer here, you know? Um, so my the, the majority of what I do with I, when I deal with these families is not just their travel planner and planning everything. I've had families where they called me like two weeks before they got COVID or a grandmother has sick and now she's in hospice. And they're like, Monica, what should we do? And I'll tell them, look, don't do the trip. Stay home and make that time. You're not going to have that time. And if you're near Walt Disney World, you're going to see the look on the kids' faces. They're going to be happy, but you're not. You know, you're going to see the stress in that picture from that family because they're getting binged on the phone from hospice, and now they're they're afraid to look at it because something might have happened. So I usually tell the family, look, Disney's always going to be there. Your loved one's not. So let's see what we have to do to get them through. And if they get through it, then we'll do the trip later, you know, and I go to a lot of funerals with families who who were part of my vacations that I've done. And when I walk in there, they have the the family photos of them at Disney and I get all the family and friends going, oh, you're their vacation planner. Oh, my God. They had a beautiful time there. And I see the kids and I bring Disney stuff for them to take their mind off of what's happening there because it's it's too deep.
0: You know, that's, that's all that, that, that is, I don't think there's a better example of putting the client first. I I mean, that's good for you, Monica. That's, that's awesome. Yeah. Um. I, I, you probably already answered my closing question with, with, uh, without being asked, but what's your favorite Disney memory?
1: Mm. Oh my goodness. My favorite Disney memory. Well, this goes back to my son, Tony. Uh, you know when you when you have a child who's sick like that, you go through a lot personally. Like you go through a lot here, and a lot of society is not forgiving. The mortgage companies are not forgiving. The they have lack of empathy. A lot of employers out here have a lot of lack of empathy, and we've we faced it. My husband lost his job when my hus- when my son was six months old. Dealing with what we were doing, he got a pink slip we almost lost our home. Um, We went through a lot. I'm actually writing a book, Kyle, about it, because a lot of families want this book. They're like, Monica, you got to write this book. So I'm trying to write this book on top of running my business and everything else, but eventually it'll come. But um, our favorite memory was we were about to lose our home. And we were we were in Disney because I was there for a summit I had to be part of. And uh, we, we just fought tooth and nail with the mortgage company. We were never late with them. We never, I actually contacted them and told them about what we were dealing with. And everybody said, you know, your hardship. Oh, it's such a hardship. My son was not the hardship. The hardship was dealing with these outside forces that were trying to really kind of dismantling, trying to dismantle our family. Luckily, we've we've never went through divorce. We we just celebrated our 27th wedding anniversary last month. Um, you know, our my kids are still intact; they're still doing great. Um, but uh, some families are not that fortunate. You know, some families just break and just they go to they just dwindle, and it's unfortunate. But for us, we were at Magic Kingdom, and there was the Wishes fireworks, which is very dear to our heart because there's a story behind it with Pinocchio and Tony. And he actually brought that revelation out when he was three years old up at the hospital, but that's for another time. But um, we were at Magic Kingdom and we were working hard with this mortgage company that we were with. We were never late with them, like I said. And uh, I get this telephone call and I'm like, I wonder who this is. And normally I wouldn't pick it up because here's a fireworks show. I pick it up, it's the mortgage company. And she says, Monica, we're going to work with you. If if you can pay this amount for three months, we're going to bring the interest rate down to this and you guys are going to be okay. Right in front of Magic Kingdom in the castle, right? Like right there. So that memory, I always tell everybody when people really want to know about that story is that Dizzy really saved our home. Pretty much did. It It really did. It saved our home. We were down in Disney (laughs) and there was the sign. And if I wouldn't have picked up that call, who knows what would have happened, you know? So. Wow. Yeah.
0: Monica, this has been a great, great, better than I ever could have imagined Uh it would have been. I mean, thank you so much for coming on.
1: Oh, thank you for, for, you know, putting that out there. And I said, hey, I'd like to, you know.
0: Yeah. No, I'm I'm glad you took advantage of it. Absolutely. Uh, Where can you be found?
1: I could be found on Facebook, Instagram. um, Let's see, LinkedIn. Uh, I don't do much with Twitter. Twitter's just gotten really political. So I just, I stay away from it. I'm like, I I don't have time for that. But um, people can find us on, like I said, the social media. I do a lot on social media with our posts. Dizzy gives that to us and stuff. Um, But I'm local here in Mannheim Township along Fruitville Pike. So if you see me at any of the networking events such as RPP, I I haven't been and I should go to the Rockstar Connect but I've been you know I've been I di- I was diagnosed with MS back in November. So I've had to limit a little bit of where I'm going and what I do. I took myself off of driving so my husband chauffeurs me around. But I have no excuse because Rockstar Connect, where it's at Stoner Grill, is literally behind my home because I'm on the Fruitville Pike. (laughs) Oh, there you go. So, you know, I have to make the attempt to go and maybe I will, you know, soon. But But yeah, you'll be able to find me and, you know, reach out to me. And, you know, if anybody has anything booked, you know, and you're ready to go, there's a lot that's changed with Disney. You know, it's not like going on a whim where you just go and say, hey, I'm going to go to Epcot for the day while I'm there. Can't do it. You got to have park pass reservations. You got to, oh, it's it's just crazy. So
0: that, That's funny because it reminds me of the, the last time I was at Disney. It's been a long time. I'm very, very, very long overdue. Uh, I was in the Navy and yeah. we were moving our ship from Norfolk, Virginia, home port shift into San Diego. Uh, and we stopped in... I want to say it was Jacksonville, Jackson, Jacksonville or Pensacola. Mm -hmm. Um, And I hadn't been down. I was down for search and rescue swimmer training before that. And I didn't get a chance to go to Disney, but we had a few days on the, off the ship Mm -hmm. and a bunch of us were like, well, let's just go to Disney. So we went to, we went to magic kingdom and it turned out to be this God awful morning. I mean, it was, it was, leave it to me to end up getting hit with like, just a torrential downpour when I went down there, which by the way, if anybody is wondering, the best time I've ever had at Disney, and Monica will be able to touch on this before we leave, because uh, the older I get, the more I hate lines and crowds. Mm-hmm. But we went down as a family when we stayed at Fort Wilderness. Um, we did that in a on a in February, mm-hmm. and this was this was a while ago. I was like 14, 15 years old. Um, my gosh, even. Even though we had even the rides that we didn't have, we didn't use the fast pass on. We we had the fast pass, but barely needed it. Right. I I think we were we waited the longest line we waited on in Disney World that 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 week was like twenty minutes, and that was at SeaWorld. Oh wow! Um, Yeah, we got we got lucky.
1: We're very lucky. Yeah. Yeah.
0: One of the one of the coolest experiences when I was down in Florida for the homeport shift is I got to experience Disney without any kids involved meaning i didn't have my daughter with me i didn't have my little brother or sister it was just me and a group of friends
1: Mm -hmm.
0: and we had a blast just an absolute blast i i'm I'm such a kid at heart i i love disney world so i
1: I, you know every time every time we go you'll find me at the castle like sitting right behind the the you know the the partner statue of walt and mickey are right behind me but I can literally sit there all day and not be bored. You know, it's just so oh,
0: it's impossible to yeah. be bored there. Exactly. It, it, exactly. Even, even just doing what you said, just sitting there. Oh, uh, you can. I mean, and, and knowing knowing right where that statue is at, like just, I can sit there all day and just watch the kids faces as they come in, as they see the castle.
1: Absolutely. I mean, there's tons. And one thing that I, I, you know, a lot of people say to me, they go, Monica, you know, you're walking around there. Can you talk to families and stuff? I literally can't solicit on property. I mean, that's a, that's a no, like you can't just go, Hey, I'm handing out cards on main street to everybody. Can't do that. But there's been times where we've had a lot of families come up to us and especially my son, Tony, when he was alive, he never knew a stranger, as young as he was, never knew a stranger. And he'd see somebody just down and just disgruntled or confused. He'd, he'd go over and talk to them. And nine times out of 10, they'd come over and they'd go, your son was just a, such a help. And and they'd go, do you work for Disney? And then, then I have to say, well, kind of yes. Yeah, I do. Can you help us with this? Now I can then do what I have to do for them, you know? But what I what I hate is seeing those families down there who have spent thousands of dollars and nobody's there to help them. Nobody's there. And whether yeah. they booked it on their own or maybe they did work with a travel planner, but the travel planner is not that in depth with Disney, that happens a lot. And a lot of times I get families who need to do a redo trip. And once they do the redo trip with me, it's like, oh my God, where were you all of our life? you know because I usually give my clients like they'll get an itinerary that's like a 30-page itinerary and it goes through everything of what they need to see what they you know dining reservations are there how to get from point a to point b so they don't have to talk to 16 different cast members to get to you know one spot you know and uh that's that's what we do for them but but yeah, uh, first of all, thank you for your service in the, you know, in the Navy, you know. Thank, thank you. For your service. Um cuz we always we honor our military all the time. But um but yeah, I I I just hate seeing people throw their money away and they're not getting the most out of it. And that's that's what we do here. We we curb that, you know, and we try to. All
0: right. So one one final question and it mm-hmm. should be probably easy for both of us to answer. before we hop off here uh favorite ride at disney and least favorite ride
1: Mm.
0: or actually let me let me let me take the word ride out of it (laughs) yeah because the my my least favorite is not a ride it's an attraction right um and disney will
1: call them attractions they're attractions yeah yeah so
0: favorite and least favorite attractions
1: i could tell you my least first and that's tower of terror i can't sit on it i I I I made my son sit through the beauty of the beast show and uh, they were (laughs) like, that's it, mom, you're going to go on tower of terror. (laughs) I went on tower of terror and literally I was so stiff. My arms were stiff for two days. I was just like, no more, no more. (laughs) I don't do the roller coasters there. I'm not a roller coaster person. So I don't do, I I've never been on space mountain, I've never been on Expedition Everest. I can't do them. No, can't do them. Wow, just can't do them. Um, but I think my favorite one. I mean, there's bunches. I love Carousel of Progress. I love really Carousel of Progress. Yeah, my kitchen actually looks like the 40s where he's sitting at the table and they're going through the 40s. My cabinets, everything about my kitchen is the is that ride. Mm-hmm. It's so,
0: so so. Carousel of Progress is in Tomorrowland.
1: That's right. Mm-hmm. Um, but oh, I love, we love we love Haunted Mansion. Oh, my, oh yeah, Haunted Mansion is just up there. My son, and my eldest son, actually, the love that he had of Haunted Mansion, got him into being the manager of Spirit of Halloween stores here. So oh, that's awesome. He does that. Um. Let's see. I mean, gosh. I mean, oh. haunted mansion. Uh, Pirates of the Caribbean. You know, they I can't... love.
0: I love the YouTube video where where Johnny Depp came and
1: mm-hmm. and
0: actually was Jack Sparrow on that. Oh man. Yeah. Oh um, my, God. my my favorite would would either be Tower of Terror or the the Aerosmith rock, which I know is no longer the Aerosmith coaster because whatever. Um, but the the rock and roller coaster was just, it was it was my first propulsion coaster that I've ever been on. I loved it. Um, And Tower of Terror, just, I mean, I, I can't believe you go to Disney, but don't ride the coasters. That's, <laughs> I mean, Space Mountain, Thunder Mountain, I which I guess it. is no longer Thunder Mountain either. I know they closed it down and they're- Well, Thund- no, pain.
1: Thunder Mountain's still there. Splash I'm Mountain. Is
0: Splash Mountain. Being,
1: yeah, Splash Mountain's being converted to Tiana. Yeah. Which a lot of people- Have a problem with, you know, there's a lot of everybody's
0: got problems with everything, everybody's got, Uh,
1: and now they've got a real big problem because it came out. Um, and this is this is probably rumor mill. Um, Dizzy really hasn't announced anything yet, but they're looking at Frontierland and changing that into New Orleans Square, like it was out in Disneyland Mm -hmm. because they have a New Orleans Square out there. So they want to bring it out here because of Tiana's Bayou which is going to be where Splash Mountain was that'd be cool yeah it would be cool but you got a lot of fan base where that was Walt he created it don't touch it you know kind of thing and
0: well if, if anybody yeah. knew the progress of the parks and had a grand vision it was Walt I mean, yeah. I don't I don't think anything that he would see in Disney World today because you have stuff that's never going to change like club 33 right um but my least favorite and to to this day the only way you would get me to get anywhere near this attraction would be if if my kids were like no we we want you to go with us Uh the original tiki room oh i of all my disney memories i can tell you that i remember my first visit to the tiki room probably (laughs) so vividly because it was miserable and it wasn't miserable because like anything crazy happened I just hated it I I was probably 9 or 10 and we sat in the tiki room it was hot we Uh waited forever to get in there it was hot inside the tiki room and then it was just 20 minutes of or what felt like 20 minutes of birds just going tiki 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 (laughs) and I, I mean, every time I've been back, I'm like, I'm not going to that damn room. I'm uh, not, my, I'm not. my
1: husband, my husband, God bless him. He's he's not that type of guy that wants all the attention, you know, when, you know, look, looking back to, um, you know, our favorite memories, my sons were grand marshals of the Magic Kingdom. Oh, on the, awesome. the anniversary. Yeah. So my husband sat there. <laughs> there was like 65,000 people that day in the park because um, everybody wanted to be there for the anniversary it was the 40th anniversary and he's sitting there going uh oh, you know saying a lot of swear words under his breath <laughs> and they they had these hats for us with our names on them, so he had to wear a hat <laughs> and we're, we had to wave to everybody down main street going around the whole thing and the kids were all loving it and he hated it um his favorite his his least favorite attractions are the tiki room country bears (laughs) and the uh and it's a small world you know i
0: can i can get behind it's a small world because it's not an overly it's one of the longer attractions yeah it is it's not at least you're moving you know what i mean like for me that that i could get behind
1: i I love it the disneyland's out in disneyland california is Mm -hmm. phenomenal it's beautiful because it's outside and during Christmas out there, we were just there, uh, December of 2022. I had a summit out there. I had to be part of, and uh, they they had that all decorated up, haunted mansion for with the Jack Skellington and Nightmare Before Christmas overlay. Oh my gosh, Kyle, it was my son Vincent could not be there, and that was a dream of his to go out, and he couldn't. And oh my gosh, it was just beautiful how they did that but their adventures campus out there, you know, both the parks, a lot of people think, God oh, they're the same. There's a lot of attractions that California has that we don't have in, in Florida. And, mm-hmm. you know, so it's great to see, but um, if you ever get a chance to go on YouTube and look at the other parks out in Asia, like Tokyo, look at their pirates of the Caribbean. You're oh, going to be blown away blown away, I don't think I could be <laughs> I don't think I could handle that because that big immersive stuff i I just i oh, I'd be cool all I right would, well
0: Monica, we could go for hours and hours so we'll have to have, sure have a we'll have to have a part two with you um yeah. because I definitely think we owe it to to your one son to talk about his time on Lego Masters, which is just as awesome and interesting uh,
1: yeah that that there um that opportunity came to him, and it's just blown out of the water he's going to be going to portland oregon he's going to chicago for lego events he's going to be out there these little kids just love them we were just out in upstate new york at the Legoland resort on their opening day and we weren't even in the park maybe two minutes and all these kids came running up to him like they knew him and yeah it's yeah so if you ever Leaning into this, if you ever want to see him, he works at Brickheads in Neffsville. So take your oh, kids to yeah. see him, and he'll take time with you and sign little autographs and get photos, and yeah, it's pretty neat. Yeah,
0: that's awesome. All right, yeah, we'll, we'll yeah. definitely have you back for round two, because I had a lot of fun with this one, Monica.
1: Absolutely, and if you ever want him on, you know, and talk about oh, the yeah. ladies, there's he'd love to do that with you. Consider
0: yeah. it done. I, I think that would be a great, great idea, so yeah. we'll make that happen. All right. To our listeners, to our viewers, I hope you enjoyed it. Reach out to Monica. She's worth it. All right. I'll see you next week.
1: Thank you. And like we say here, see you real soon.
0: (laughs) Thanks for joining us this week on Slaying the Sale. If you're interested in knowing more about Kyle, make sure you head over to his website, theslaymakermethod.com, and pick up a copy of his best-selling books. Then head to Facebook to join his private group, Slaymaker Sales Mastery, to become the number one salesperson in your company. And until next time, Remember to keep slaying the sail.